everybody. You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. Okay, so today we've got special guest Big Bob Myers with us, and he's going to talk about the optimal role of a training partner. So Bob was a serious power lifter that took second place in the super heavyweight division of the 1996 USPF National Powerlifting Competition. And most notably to our audience was power legend Kurt Kowalski's training partner during his peak years. So welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you very much. So first of all, all right. So how did you be, how did you guys all form this love fest? You and, and Kirk and Marty, who met who first, how did all that shape up? Well, I was, I was training at the Maryland athletic club in Maryland and in 91, Marty came and I actually have some training notes of Marty's lifts from that year. Uh, and we trained together off and on. He was a master's lifter at the time and, um, you know, breaking world records and winning titles and whatnot. And here I am, a lucky guy who had been powerlifting for a number of years. And uh, I'm training with Marty. You know, how, how lucky can that be? Yeah. So in, in 93, Kirk, I met Kirk at the national championships uh, backstage. Um, I was with a couple of guys and he always needed somebody to crack his thoracic spine area. So me being six foot three, 300 pounds, they asked me to do it. And I didn't know Kirk from, you know, Adam. So I, you know, what you used to do was you reach around from the back and just pick him up and shake him, And you could feel his yeah, back right. crack. Yeah. He crack was, his back. Like that was at school. Crack my back. Yeah. 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 And then, that was and then, golden to him. Hey, and then and then Kirk would go, "I love you." Now, now you knew who he was, right? I mean, of course, absolutely, absolutely. He had he had lifted in some local meets, and actually, we were. I was at the time in the local meets in the in the mid '80s, the late '80s. I was a 275er for a while before I went to super. Yeah. He was a 242er. And actually, our, our benches and our deadlifts were right together, neck and neck. Yeah. But he was 200 pounds, uh, you know, stronger in the squat than anyone. Yeah. 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 It was and, amazing. And, and, and that's the thing about Kirk. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, he was a genetic wonder. And it's like, you don't understand. If you knew him back in the early days, he was, well, Bobby, how <laughs> do we put it? We don't want to say he was malformed. I mean, that's harsh. I mean, <laughs> You well, uh, the T the T Rex look, the T Rex look. <laughs> we didn't um, say it. the T. It was all lower body. Oh my and god! And it was funny. My old training partner that I used to train with, Bobby Newcomb. Bobby Newcomb. We, Bobby Newcomb. We saw Kirk at a meet in Towson, Maryland, and he was walking around. And of course, his arms are sticking out, and he's got yeah. a a butt on him, the big, bigger oh, than my you can god. imagine. Like a shelf. Oh my god! Like a shelf. Yeah, and, li and, 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 little, and little little short arms. A short little arms, barely made it to his waist. <laughs> and uh, Bobby Newcomb says, "See that guy? See that guy right there? I don't care how strong he is. I wouldn't want to look like him. I'd never want to I, look like him. Uh, I don't. I never want to look like him." Uh, <laughs> 
that's how it was. He was a it was a lower body freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in order to win national and world championships, he needed to quit playing to his strengths. Yeah. He had to get and that you got uh, yeah, we got to get that bench and deadlift up, kid. Great, you got a great squat. So what? So, so Bob, do you remember the first time that that you know you met Kirk in the in the gym? Like it was the begin the genesis of the whole training partner thing, or did that? Just- uh, it was. It was after the '93 Nationals. He he came over to Maryland Athletic Club. Marty was there, of course, and then that's how it all my my relationship began with him. Okay. And we hit it off right away because we were, you know, both of the same mindset uh, is, you know, balls to the wall type of right. training, yeah. Yeah. loud, raucous. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Marty, Marty was not, Marty's always been more of the cerebral type of oh, lifter. Yeah. He would, he would put up with us, oh, yeah. you know, the yes <laughs> and the scream. And, and he would, he would add from time to time, but he was never loud. Right. You know. So, but yeah, well, that was when I met. I, I, was, I was sort of the Leon Trotsky of the organization, you know. <laughs> wow, that's uh, a comparison. That would make that. So, well, no, that was my role. I, I was not. Listen, I was not the training partner. I was the coach. I, I, yeah. I constructed the menu, you know, in consultation with Kirk, but I mean, we were very, you know, we set up the periodization program. We set the, the menu, what he was supposed to do each week. We get a lot of thought to that, but Bob was the yeah. guy, Bobby was the guy who showed up every damn session and handed off to Kirk or lift, wrap his knees or whatever. And just, he was in the trenches with Kirk every session, all during his peak years. And my point is at the highest level of strength sports, it's really a team sport. Kirk would not have gotten as far as he'd gotten Bob, and I say this with all sincerity, if he'd been like George Hector training by himself in, you know, Hobbit Gras, Maryland. Yeah, you made you well, made Kirk you made Kirk better. Period. Yeah. Period. Well, it's like, you know, it was, it was easy. You know, it was very easy <laughs> with him because you, yeah, you, you knew what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. You knew you knew what he wanted, and you knew how to deliver it, and, uh, Bob, and, and the timing Bob, of delivery. Bob, were you always? Were, did you follow the same training program exactly? You guys were doing the same thing. Yeah, well, the we all, same program yeah, that, yeah. that Marty basically. Yeah, no, I mean, we all counts. did the same thing. We squatted together, we bent mm-hmm. together, we deadlift together. Yeah, we did the same. Yep. Uh, yeah. Lower yeah. rep stuff, higher, a few reps, reps for yeah. the warmth and just the jumps, yeah. and you it, lower the reps as you get heavier. It wasn't, it wasn't like Kirk was doing, you know, 800 for five and, and, and in between Bob over in the corner doing concentration curls with a pair of 35s. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Now we were. Uh, it was. It was a. It was a team effort, as Marty said. And you knew once five o'clock was there, whether yeah. it was the squat on Monday or the yeah. bench on Thursday, Thursday or Saturday afternoon. All yeah. conversation pretty much ends unless Kirk, you know, initiates something. Well, and it's hard to talk to. It's hard to talk to somebody who's wearing a, a Sony uh, sports. What was it? The yellow is yellow. Uh, the Walkman. Walkman. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yellow yep. waterproof one. 
then Judas yeah. Priest playing in the yeah. corner. Yep. Yeah. And he'd have that, that he'd have that thing on, and there was no talking, and that was fine because yeah. we're lift, we're lifting yeah. too. We're lifting too. Now we drop out earlier than Kirk, but we're you know we're warming up. We're doing set for set. I drop out at a certain weight. Bob dropped out at a certain weight, and then Kirk kept on going, and we spotted him. And bullet <laughs> would, and and bullet would show up, right? Yeah, bullet and and. Uh... Dante, what was his girlfriend's name? Uh, uh, Dante or something Dante, like that. Dante, oh my God. She was like a raw 330 bencher. Jeez. <laughs> she, was, she was like two, 270 or something. Yeah, body I, weight. I mean, that was his girlfriend. Body weight. Yeah, that was yeah, his, that's girl, his oh. girlfriend. Yeah. She you was know, the I nicest mean, girl too. Oh, and everybody everybody has these huge gyms these days and, you know, these Metroflex and all that and 20,000 square feet, which I love all that stuff, but there was something about the Maryland Athletic Club. I mean, I, I grew up like five minutes from there, but you know, I think people probably think it's like it was like some huge place. It was in a strip mall yep. next to the tanning yeah. the tanning bed place, right? It was yeah, just, yeah, right. right. It was, and, and the point is really, it's not the place, man. It's the people in the place. You know what I mean? Sunnyside Plaza, right? Sunny Sunnyside, I think it was called yeah, Plaza yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so Bob, why don't you describe the atmosphere at the Maryland Athletic Club on Monday nights, which was oh your God. squat day, right? Yeah, well, was... there were there were three three different rooms there, four different rooms there basically, and the the heavy the the, the free weight room was in the back. So you had the machines. Most of the machines were in other rooms, and you had cardio equipment in another area, and some dumbbells. So you know, we walk in. It's just, you better not be on the squat racks at five o'clock <laughs> because We've there was going to be hell to pay. Yeah. Hell to pay. And, you know, uh, you excuse, know there's some unsuspecting. Excuse me for one moment. We, you can never fail to mention Bob always walked in with a huge stereo system. Boombox. <laughs> like boom I had my stereo system. That's right. Yeah, That's boom right. Boombox. <laughs> yeah, and it was ACDC and thing, you know, the typical yeah. like that or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I would have that going all the time while Kirk would tune that out and put his Walkman on that had been thrown on the floor 15 times and he had to fix it every single time because he would throw it on the floor. So now did, it was a, did, did everybody in the club just automatically know that on on Monday nights, you don't mess with the squat, uh, the squat rack, just stay away. Yeah, a little Bruce comes Kurt. up at one time. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to be Albert Einstein to figure that out when you have me, Bob, Bullet, <laughs> and Kirk walking in and going, excuse us, you're done now. Because Yeah, Marty was have... around 245 himself <laughs> or 250 at the time. So, you know, yeah. at his at his height, 250 is a is a is quite a uh, a number. Yeah, and I, and I knew how, and I knew how to talk to other humans. <laughs> you were the communicator. But, but didn't you guys have an incident one night because some guy was in there and Kirk said, "I'm going to count to three and you better be out there or something." Brucey, why not? It's Brucey. Oh, oh not Brucey. No, Brucey's Brucey's Bru different. We we save Brucey. Save Brucey. No, yes, Kirk. Wait, Brucey's Kirk later. We'll get to him. Yeah, Brucey. We save Brucey. We love Brucey. Brucey, yeah, nice good Brucey. Yeah. He used to hike his pants up to his chest, one of those kind of guys. He was a 148 or whatever. He's a nice guy. And he had these, he he's a very nice guy. Mentally, and he was mentally challenged, mentally challenged. Let's just put that yeah. up front. Yeah. 
but uh, the greatest guy, and he was always there for support, even if it was just emotional, mental, whatever. He, he loved, was there. He loved Kirk. He loved he Kirk. Was he would Kowalski just show movie, up. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he loved it. I think he'd walked to the gym, right? Yeah. Because he didn't have he didn't have a driver's license, right? You know, right. He's 40, exactly. But he's forty two years old. He was like one step away from sling blade. God dang, <laughs> so, so Bob, on Monday nights, you guys are in there. Okay, it's time to do some some serious heavy business, some heavy squatting. Everybody, everybody knows what's going on. Do you guys, you know, does does Kirk have a crowd every time he squats, or does everybody carry on? Or? Well, you know, um, the people who are working out there benching, there might have been a, a leg press machine and some other a squat racks and what. Yeah, they're watching. They're watching him. They're going about their workouts, but you know, it's um, they know what's about to take place. Yeah. They've been there enough to know. So, you know, they're watching and, you know, we had many, many different types of spotters at different times that, you know, 250 pound guys down to 200 pound guys that would jump in when you needed them. May I would like to point out, Bobby, Joey Bag of Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, yeah, uh-huh. I remember him, blonde hair guy. Joey Bag of Donuts. Yeah. He he was a bodybuilder type of guy, but he was always there. Joey yeah. Bag of Donuts. He was, yeah, he was hey, always there. So we Bob, before before Marty Marty and Bob, before Kirk got under the bar, you guys had to explain to these guys, don't touch it. Make sure you know you're not doing this, or you had to give them the ground rules because man, if they would have touched the bar, <laughs> big trouble. You know, you, know, I mean? you know what happened was generally we didn't have any unsuspecting naive people spotting okay. him. Okay. Oh God, they no. were. Yeah, I'd, they were I'd, all. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd always be to the right. Bob would be either behind or Bullet was there. Then Bob could be to the left. And yeah. if, if 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 Bullet wasn't there, then Bob was the back spotter. And we'd have they'd be competent guys really? that handle the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Had, I mean, these guys we, were. We had it handled. We had it handled. We could handle it. Yep. And by yep. the way, we never had it. By the way, there's lots of people that watch uh, Kirk's videos, his squat videos on YouTube. And Bob is the, the big, tall dude that's always in there spotting him, yelling at him. He sounds like a bullhorn. And uh, <laughs> there's some – so, Bob, there's Marty and I were discussing this yesterday. There's some things that you're yelling at him that we don't even know what you're saying. So we've, we'd like you to clarify a few things in a little talking bit. Talking about Shane. Remember one time you are saying something about Shane in that one video. He's talking about oh, packing yeah. your oh, bags. Against Shane for the thousand for the big the, the biggest squat. So Shane was a super. So I was just yelling at him, you know, Shane, pack your bags and go home. Okay, <laughs> okay that's what. But that's you know, it wasn't that that was that was just to get Kirk fired up. It, oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Shane. Shane was he he's a fantastic guy in his own right, and of course, Olympic lifter, accomplished and. and oh, yeah. Um, guy that was 300 plus pounds could do back flips, you know. What's what's the what's the funniest thing you ever said to Kirk? You were being serious at the time, but that you guys both laugh about t today. What was the craziest thing you were? Oh told God, I you know I couldn't even begin to think he, off the top he, of he, my head. He, he would not be the best judge of that anyway. No, about well, that. No. I mean, when you're you in have, heat of the you, moment, you're not thinking. 
Yeah, you know, you're you just say something indecipherable, you know, like uh, I, I heard one of yours and I swear to God, it was like, your mother needs new snow tires. <laughs> you're hilarious. Did you tell him you that? know, it could have been. It could have been. <laughs> it been. Whatever. I mean, because, because it's just it doesn't matter so much. Unless yes, it's a technical, it's, unless it's technical in nature, like keep your head up. You know, or, oh, or um, that's so easy. Yeah, but if it's not a technical uh, response, it's a it's a just yell. It's loud. It's raucous. Doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. Just say it in his ear. Yeah, and yeah. he will get it automatically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty simple no. with him. His psych was so crazy. You could have told him anything and he would have just got <laughs> fired up. You would have told me my mother needed snow ties. I would have laughed my ass off. I would have, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I would have had to take a break and rewrap. But that's assuming you could understand it. Because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like if somebody's, when Bob was yelling, it was like somebody took a, an electric bullhorn and put it, <laughs> put, and put it behind your head and then yell. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah, right. it was like a foghorn. It was like it was jarring. Yes, it right. Was you could see horn. you could see the hair on the back. You could see the hair on the back of Kirk's head move when Bob yelled. You know, as, one of the, as much as much as Bob was into helping Kirk, Kirk wasn't going to sitting on a bench while you were squatting, man. He was right there with you, wasn't he? Exactly. You know, he yeah. he loves yeah. he loves yeah. it so much. Like I remember him watching. Uh, watching him train some of the national girls that he remember he was a national coach for a while we were over yep. at Laurel Bull Club he was and a good man, coach Kirk's a good coach he just did like 555 for 8 with nothing on you know just shorts and a t-shirt and in between he's, he's wrapping their over. knees he's telling them you know all these coaching points I mean it's a guy who loves it like like he sees his role as all encompassing like I'm your training partner I'm I'm with you also you know uh, I think you're absolutely right but uh, excuse me, yeah. I think I think we would, wait. Excuse me, I think it would be uh, we should mention now that one of Bob's greatest attributes and skills was his ability, his hand strength, his ability to wrap Kirk's legs to a degree that, uh, as I pointed out in the article, no human being could stand. I mean, it was unbelievable mm. how. Mm how much tension Bob could put in these, these, and Bob would be breaking out into a sweat while he's doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd um, have to, and you'd have to do it. Let's see, like five times at the nationals. Cause you'd have to do it in the warm-up room for probably the last two warm-ups and then three times on stage. So you got to do this great. like, like five times, right? Yeah. That straps up belt on oh. the whole, whole gambit, you know, and, and um, the but, nationals together were you competing at the same time at in 96 the 96 was the only year that we competed together that it conflicted that did it conflicted you, did you wrap him at that meet um i yeah. don't yeah, know you, you, yeah you had no one else ever wrapped him no one else was capable okay. i'm just curious yeah. if they were actually well, competing who, together i mean your deadlift would be down who's, gonna, who's, who's, who's yeah Who's going to wrap Kirk's knees after you're gone, Brucey? <laughs> well, who's wrapping well, Bob's know, knees? Is he doing? You know, it's funny. It's funny um, because with Kirk, it got to a point where you know the the heart, the heavy hard 
rap um, became a competition. So I I would say, I'm going to make you cry on this one. Yes. And I would try <laughs> so damn hard to make him cry. Yeah. And he would just sit there, stare ahead, wouldn't show any emotion, any facial expression. It didn't matter how hard I wrapped his knees. Yeah. And I That's couldn't so break great. him. I could just he couldn't be broken. He was like one of those yeah. bulls in the PBR, you know. That let me You're not gonna let, let, let me let me tell you a similar story. Dr. Mike Davis, who who is the 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 PT whiz for I think he's with the Oklahoma yeah, Thunder Oklahoma. now. Yeah, and and he tells me, he said, I have leaned, he said, I with my elbows, he says, I can make superstars leap off my table. He said. Kirk Kowalski has the highest pain tolerance of any athlete I've ever worked on. You know, I remember that story. He told me, yep, you're right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So here's Bob. Here's Bob. I mean, if you did that to a normal person, I mean, it would be like they would indict you for a war crime. Hey, Bob, tell tell, tell everybody, like his wraps were tight and all that, but his suit was loose, man. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it it wasn't much. I mean, his legs were were you know the suit fit his legs kind of tight in comparison to the straps, but the straps went up pretty easy. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't think piece, I didn't think he got much out of that tightened suit, Bob. I got to be honest with you. I think he no. yeah he got he got a little bit of support in the bottom, but nothing like we got when we base squeezed us into those Inzer suits. Remember, did yeah. you ever have to marathon? Marathon, or the marathon, or the marathon. Yeah, the marathon, right? Yeah. You ever try to you ever try to squeeze Mark Dimaduck into one of those things? Oh Lord. No thanks. Oh no thanks. Exactly. Well, with with me, what uh, my body was built the opposite of Kirk's. I was top heavy, and so while it the the legs would be tight, and I mean tight, the the straps somebody would have to stand on a chair and they'd have to be a decent sized person to pull them up. And then once they got on, uh, I just, you know, sometimes I would get under a squat and it would feel like I was breathing through a Dixie stroll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you, I couldn't. Cause you, cause you were. Yeah. It was. Whether I had the suit on or not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Marty says to me, Marty, Marty calls me one night and I get up off the couch and the phone is like 10 feet away. And I get over there and I, I pick up the phone. And I said, Hey, and I start going, <laughs> he said, why are you breathing so heavy? You sound like Darth Vader. I said, well, Christ, I was laying down. You made me get up off the couch. What's the heaviest you got your body weight up to? Uh, 320. 320 okay. and I was planning to go to 345 maybe 350 oh my god yeah I mean it's had the cliff and you look in the mirror and you still can't you still don't see anything <laughs> all right you so let me ask you mirror. something yeah all right so you were you were going to go from 320 to 340 345 how were uh. you going to do that describe <laughs> how you were going to do it well, I mean, the same way I went from 165 to 320. I mean, did it? Was it going to involve Pop Tarts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't breakfast bars. You name it. Can you tell us how many Whatever. calories are in a box of Pop Tarts? 
2,400. <laughs> nice. Nice. And I, yeah, 2,400. So that would be my, you know, two of them would be my breakfast, you know? Uh, or is it 12? Two of them. 2,400. I can't remember. Oh. It's been so long, but the same yeah, thing with Coronation Breakfast Bars. The <laughs> Coronation <laughs> Breakfast Bars, I was eating two boxes of them, oh. the chocolate chip. <laughs> How much were you spending on fast food a month? Well, when it came to the contest, you know, we, you know, Marty, we were training for 12 weeks. So, I know. um, 12 weeks I was eating pizzas and subs. I was spending like six to 800 bucks out eating out Damn. a month. Back in, back in the nineties, that ain't that 20, like, that ain't 2020 money. What was that? Like 25% of your paycheck or something? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, I was working for a company and, and I had a free apartment. So that was, you know, I had a, apartment that was worth like you know 1100 bucks a month yeah, yeah. it's beautiful right? so, and you know yeah yeah competition wise you were no slouch yourself man you finished second in the nationals yeah thanks to marty convinced me to get in there he's like yeah. man all you got to do is buy with an 1800 total and you're in yeah so we, we did a local we did a meet ian was judge at the maryland athletic club me me gary mitchell um, Mark Kashishian, uh, Pat Anderson, yep. and we all, we all got in this local meet and it was judged properly and oh, it was judged by the USPF standards. Yeah. Moga Vera didn't give nothing away. Hell no, he didn't. Or Sickleman. Sickleman, or Sickleman. was a, was a judge. Or I mean, Sickleman gave Kirk a three-second pause in the bench one time. Oh, yeah, and we let him know about that, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it happened again. But no, it didn't. But getting back to Kirk, when Kirk, Marty, you said, you know, when Kirk was in the 80s, his, his bench and his deadlift were mediocre. And um, I remember in the gym spotting him under I, – I, I was the only guy spotting him, and he was benching 600. He yeah. just could not get the last inch of lockout yep. and I had to help him with it. So, I mean, you know, 600 pounds on the bench is nothing. Oh, to be, he, you know. and he was inclined pressing, I don't know, 445 for three or something. Yeah. Triple. You got it. That's the number. Yep. Crazy. And uh, the shirts weren't really helping. No, no, because he, he, he never suffered to get into any of his gear. Like these other guys, these other guys, they were the stuff that was so constricting and so restrictive yeah. that they got, yeah. you know, they might get 200 pounds out of their gear. Kirk's getting, I don't know, 100 maybe. Right? Yeah, out of the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob, there's the one, there's the one, I think it was on Powerlifter Video Magazine. And you brought up to him. So last week you did, you know, nine, 970 or something a double or something and you said 980 double 980 that was the week before the to, and he <laughs> loosened his he went to a looser suit for 1000 for two yeah and, and you yeah. said why'd you do that and he said well i felt like the tight suit was throwing me forward so i loosened it up so everybody else would have, <laughs> would have done the exact opposite would have done right. a clean back, right. you know good point uh, yeah man let's talk yeah, about you know, that thousand for two let's yeah. let's talk about that thousand for two for a second because uh you know, yep. A lot of people have seen that on YouTube. Yeah, you're famous, brother. You're famous, man. Pretty, yeah. It's it's one of the best. 
I, I think, you know, uh, motivational videos, you can see, but there's a guy too that, uh, who's the guy that took it from a different angle and put some metal behind it, some like heavy metal in it, man, that'll get you fired up quick. Um, I don't but, remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I think Jim saw it, but, uh, I want to ask you, because if you look at that video, so Kirk's got, you know, he's got all the, the gold. I think there were York hundred pound plates on oh, there. Yeah, so he nice takes one. the thousand pounds down to the down to the basement and back up again. And I see and Bob, I can't tell if, if you're doing it, too, but everybody motions like he's going to set it back. And then everybody goes, whoa, he's going to do it again. Did you know he was going to do a second rep? Oh, yeah. You know, Kirk, would the minute every Monday after his squat, after he racked the last weight the last rep, the last whatever, his last set, he was already thinking of the next week. Right. And so we would talk about that, that workout, what needs to be done, if there's anything form-wise or you know, whatnot. Of course, we knew he was going to take a 20-pound jump, but the 980 was kind of hard. It was kind of hard for him the week before his 1,000 for two. Right. So we talked during the week, and of course, Marty – talked with him and um, I knew he was going to, tr- he was going to attempt it, but the, the other ones, they didn't have that, the, the uh, um, advantage of the conversations uh, and, and they didn't know where he was going to so go. Guys, yeah. You guys knew how important it was. Now, Marty, um, did you try to discourage him from a thousand for two since it was so close? No, to the no, you don't No, because, because you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't predict that ahead of time you just you you take the say come on baby we're just going to do a thousand for one for one right and then obviously he it's his decision he's the pilot he knew when when he knew how easily he handled the first one he's like man i got another one let's roll so so, yeah okay so but he had told me that his whole life, he always wanted to double a thousand. So that was, I mean, that was probably yeah, the strongest yeah. he was going to be. But you know. now he's, he's told you guys, of course, the weekend leading up to that, he said he spent all weekend long sitting on the couch, rocking back and forth. He said, I had the, the little devil on my left Sorry shoulder and the little angel on my there? right. Poor Susie. And, and he's oh, trying hey, to figure hey. out. You guys there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. Yo. Yeah, we're here. I'm here. You there? Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Can you can you hear us, Bob? You guys there? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. I think he's I think we lost us. Yeah. Bob, you there? Yeah. Hello. Bob. <clears throat> so what I do might we have do to, to I might have to have him reconnect? Well, yeah, no, it's just interesting because as a coach, you're in a position where you got Yo. this. Bob, yeah, he's uh, he can't hear us. So yeah. what do what do we do? Can we splice this thing? Just text him, Jay. Sorry about that. You guys? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I got. Hey. Sorry right. about okay. that. I was getting a call. So 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 I was asking you. All right. So you guys have, you know, we've all heard this story. He was saying uh, that the weekend before he stayed home. Uh, he sat on the couch all weekend, rocked back and forth, you know, like a mental <laughs> patient. And he had the little devil on one side of his shoulder and the little angel on the right. And 
he was trying to decide if he was going to go for two and he had the meat coming up. What was the, the meat was like the week or two after, right? Uh, 14 days. Uh, it was two, yeah. It was two to two so weeks. Couple, uh, Kirk, was weeks a, yeah. Kirk was a, Kirk was a gym lifter, meaning yeah, he, he was there. He would lift the most in the gym that he could. Yep. He, he lived off of the, the crowd yep. and the weight, the numbers. And, and he was going to put it together. Man under competition standards, but he was going to lift what he could lift. Love it. Now, did he have a discussion yeah. with you before he did this? Did you guys kind of talk it out or did he just go for it? He was just for what? his mind made up. For what? The double? The double. No, we just told you. We just went over it. No, he was, it was completely his decision after he completed the first one. At that point, Kirk being Kirk, he could either rack it and say, you know, that was good, right. man. I, I smoked, I smoked the single. Or if he had a mind, he could go, you know what? I've always wanted to double a thousand. Today's the day. And you, you know, know what? He, right. he, and he, what we... excuse me, he chose the latter. Right. Yeah. But they did, exactly. they did discuss but we knew, it before. We knew him well enough that that was going, you know, uh, that's how he operated. I think in hindsight, you know, I think in hindsight, he should have bagged it and we should have got 1050 at the meet. And that would have gone. Yeah. Cause he tried a 10, he tried a 1025 after his thousand and his thousand was, was kind of tough at the meet. So also Bob, it, what we didn't figure on was the emotional yes. e elation yeah. after yeah, the thousand yeah. and the joy and the people and the crap and, and you can't, Get your yeah. self back together after that, and now oh, now I'm going to try it. We pick ten. Now I got yeah, twenty five pounds more. What are you going to do? I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to go from a thousand to a thousand and two. I mean, come on, if you're going to yeah, take you, a third attempt. <laughs> well, you know the the thing is, he had two he had two unbelievable um, things that he did. The thousand was the most notable. But the other one was no, the 931 was the heaviest opener of all time. Yeah. So he just smoked the heaviest opener of all time, and he goes right to 70 pounds more. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Because he's because he's looking past that because he just doubled a thousand. So if you double a thousand, yeah. I'm thinking we're thinking. Oh, immediately we think. Uh, this is me and Kirk. I said, give me a number. And he said, you give me yours first. And I'm good. 1050. If you double a thousand, come on, what are you going to do? 10, 10, 11. I mean, no, yeah, 10, right. if you double a thousand, what are you going to do? I say 1050. He goes, I don't know what, 1045, 1050. I can't remember, but it was very close. Yeah. So I said, okay. And you know what? He doubled a thousand. You know, it's funny when you watch and, that. And, and in the competition, in the competition, because the thousand was tough and all the elation, yeah. we said, look, we're not going to do the 1050. We're going to crank back to whatever it was, 1020 or 1024, whatever it was. Five. But he yeah. had shot he had shot his emotional wide right. by then. Oh, my God. So, Bob, in he that video. He was already being carried through the streets on people's shoulders mentally. Yes, 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 yes. In that, in that 2002 yeah. video, there's people in street clothes. Like, people were coming to see this. You know, they're standing around. <laughs> yeah, they were. You got the, yeah the, he got the word out. Everybody got the word out. Yeah. Yep. So if you guys ever watch that on YouTube, if you notice, like not everybody in there is a, a gym uh, member. 
Oh, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah. At, at Kirk's Peak, we would have all these kind of civilian type people kind yeah. of, they remember Bobby, they'd lean against the walls and the mirrors. Oh, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all, all, always in the rear. Oh, no, we're, we're not in the way, but they were like, uh, I don't know, strength boyeurs. Yeah, it's just a Waiting travesty. In it's it's yeah. such a travesty that you can be the best in the world and not make any money doing it. You know what I mean? Like people uh, see that uh, stuff. You are so yeah. tight. Crazy. It always said he wanted he wanted to compete in the Olympics. Yeah. You know, you yeah. compete in the Olympics and then you're on the Wheaties box and you're on this and you're on you got you know you're you you're being sponsored by someone you know right. or some company. So, well, yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. He always he always wanted that. Kirk and Mike Tyson are the exact same age. I've always thought that there were a lot of similarities in their personalities and their Kirk, Kirk was the most exciting. Sean Scully, who's seen all the top lifters, he, he said, and I agree, he said Kirk was the most exciting power lifter he ever saw in his life when Kirk was hot and on and crushing world records and crushing the rest of the world. Uh, he was he was a juggernaut. Yeah. Well, you know, on stage and off stage. I mean, he was the mayor of Powerville. Oh, he yeah. would hold court. Oh hell yeah! He would hold court. Oh, Everybody would come around. Him and he was he was like the the ringmaster at the Ringling Brothers Circus. Uh, I mean, I get so mad at him. I get so mad at him, Bob. I'd be talking to Bob and going, look yeah. at him. He's, he's standing on his feet eight hours a day on concrete. He should be home. He should be in his hotel room with his feet up. Yeah, but he was doing yeah, that every day anyway, right? <laughs> yep. Hey, hey Bob, uh, how, infectious, how infectious was Kirk's sight? I mean, how did that affect you as a lifter? I mean, it had to just jack you up, right? You know, yeah, especially I on mean, squat I've, day. I was always one that would get jacked up. I had partners yeah. that had... Bobby Newcomb, oh, Low, yeah. uh, we, we won't even mention Jeff. Jeff. Jeff B. In witness Jeff protection. Jeff B. Yeah, from Thunder. Oh, well, that's a, the whole different yeah. can of worms. Sorry. Jeff Bobalooch, yeah, he, he was uh, <laughs> one hell of a guy. No last names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I mean, attack. but yeah, his, um, his psych was, um, Bobby came was from a, Bobby came from a strong psych school. Let's put it that way. The guys that he came up with were freaking crazy. All right. Yeah, they, you're right. They were, they were right up there with, they might not have had Kirk's strength, but in terms of being whacked out, they were, they were up there. Where'd you grow up? Bob? Oh yeah. Where you grew up in Columbia or Laurel or where'd you grow no. up? Well, originally just outside Baltimore City, and then at the age of eight, we moved out to Howard County, Maryland. So, okay. so you were driving, um, you know, 20, 30 minutes to the gym. But where'd you train at? Well, when I worked out at the Maryland Athletic Club, I was working in Alexandria, and I would come home from there if if it was a a bench day, which was Saturday. I was coming from my apartment in Columbia. Okay. Man, so you so, get the beltway and come right to the gym? Yeah, right. man. Ready to go, man. Fired up gym bag in Hell the trunk. Yeah, man. And that whole, that you're popping the bedroom pills on the way down there. You're just ready with to go. Six, with a 16-ounce coffee. <laughs> oh, in there and you're vibrating. You're vibrating when you, and you're so young, you don't care. 
You don't care that your heart is stopped there for a minute or two, and then it's coming back again. You know what I mean? And he's carrying in a massive stereo system. I love it. Coming <laughs> with the boom yeah, box. Yeah, it was it was something. You know, oh, when bigger, I tried to when I lift boom box. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I lift now in the in my gym, which is two car garage, I'm by myself. You know, I'm trying to find music that's going to pump me up, but um, and sometimes I do get fairly pumped up, but nowhere near the ceiling of intensity that we would oh, reach yeah. in those days. I mean, you know, I'm 58. It's, it's different when you're 35 or 32 or four or whatever, yeah. you know, and you're and, not married and you don't have kids. Yes, 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 yes. And, and that's another important point. Kirk had, regardless of who Kirk was with, Kirk had a single-minded uh, focus on the goal. Bob, also had a situation that allowed him to focus on that. I mean, Bobby, you wore down the path between your apartment and the Chinese restaurant, right? Yeah, the Chinese restaurant and the pizza joint. I think it was Jerry's sub Jerry. <laughs> was Jerry's on on uh, what was that road? Right, um, it's right uh, between my uh, and your place. Uh, Sixteenth yeah, Street. Yeah, Sixteenth Street. Yeah, Silver Spring. I would go up there and I'd order, you know, a couple times, you know, I was eating, eating two extra large meat lovers pizzas a day, you know, and, you go, JP. You know. <laughs> and that sounds pretty good. What, what about, uh, Marty was telling me some crazy, uh, nutritional advice. You were giving Steve oh, Hampton one day. You want to elaborate oh, on that? <laughs> Marty would remember that better than I would. Cause I could have told him anything. <laughs> Oh, no, Bobby. Just just remember back when we were, when we were at some hotel. Hampton's a young boy. Steve, if you're listening, just cool your judge. He's out there I know in what Indiana. You're Indiana so uh, you know, all right, you know what I'm gonna talk about recently. So he's he's trying to gain weight. He's like trying to move up from, I don't know, the 198 pound class to the 220 pound class, but he's packing cans of tuna in his luggage. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember now, yeah. And we're like, and he says, yes, I'm really serious about getting bit. And we're like, what? You're, and you're eating, you're in a hotel. Where were we at, Bob? Some great place that had great food. Good God, I don't know. It was at the National somewhere. Yeah, and we're like, why aren't you having, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, spaghetti with us at night? Oh, no, I could add uh, three, <laughs> three extra ounces of fat. And he's talking yeah, about right. Yeah. He's, what is he talking well, you about? know, he was talking like, well, I, every couple of hours, I take in 25 grams of protein yeah. and this and that. I said, 25 Ounces. grams of protein. I said, there's, un just don't listen to all that, you know, oh, you can only absorb this much protein. And I said, you need to pound the calories. I said, you got to take a cup of protein powder, a 60, 60 grams and throw it in the blender with milk, bananas, honey, chocolate syrup, you name it, throw it in there. And it's got to be bubbling at the top when you're running it. <laughs> and you drink the whole thing. And then at two in the morning, you do the same thing. Yes. You get yeah, up yeah. and you drink it. It's the whole milk. I mean, but, Marty. But he was, Marty, but he was talking Marty, ounces. Ounces, grams, micronutrients. And you're telling him boxes and crates. and Pounds <laughs> and gallons and things like that. <laughs> Martin. You go, 
you know, Jared, I used to have a uh, Marty hooked me up with a company out in California for yeah, uh, yeah. protein powder, and it was a whey protein powder, flavorless. It came right from that company, but they would get it was a forty pound bag, and on the bag it would say Rando Lay. So you oh, know yeah. you're getting the best whey protein you can possibly get. Right. So How I was, long would that was, forty pound bag last year? God, I have no idea. I know each time I would put, I would make a shake, I would take a cup of it with the 60 grams of protein. You're my hero, Bob. You're yeah. my hero. So, Bob, when you... So, you when, know, more is always better, you know. Yeah. If two is good, two is, is you better. Go, you, Bobby, it's you, even you, better right. than that. Excuse me. You'd go over to Bob's apartment and he had this giant bag of open protein in his kitchen floor with a with a cup scooper in it right and it's like right. and it's and it's like two-thirds gone <laughs> i just got it last yeah. week you know so <laughs> mark you hooked me up with that company it was pure it was uh, supplement no, direct was the, and i yeah I think, that was a supplement direct yeah but they don't sell it anymore and i've you know i just i can't find a way just a pure way no yeah. flavor straight from Lando Lakes. I've even gotten on Lando Lakes website to see if I could find it. And I can't. Well, this is why in the, in the advertisement for the, for the podcast, we're advertising you as big Bob Myers. Now I think you're more like <laughs> moderately slim Bob Myers. Yeah. So at some point, I would point, say you're right. So did what, you do what, so what's your body? What's your current body weight? What's your current body weight, Bobby? Uh, 210, maybe nice. if I'm, it's a 215 mm -hmm. a couple of years ago um when i was training with you guys at the pole barn i was maybe 225 right during the right you know oh. I, I you know i don't i just eat whatever and my weight stays you know here when you stop competing uh, and then you, you dropped a bunch of weight right but you got pretty ripped off uh, yeah oh, uh, well it you know I, I tore my shoulder in 97 christmas eve day under a a warm-up bench oh. you know my third warm-up was like 300 and i had the 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 19 year old blonde at the at the desk tawny uh, i had tawny come on, and spot me tawny. i said hey tawny come over here and spot me and you know you're thinking it's 300 nothing's gonna happen oh, what do you need yeah. you know it was offered to go well sure enough when i broke my elbows to bring the the weight the weight down uh my left shoulder just ripped and it sounded like a cotton oh. towel Ooh. And it crashed on the left side of me, which cracked a couple of ribs here on the left. Nice. And she, of course, couldn't lift it. So a bunch of other guys came up and got it off my chest. Thank God they were um, there. Thank God they were there because my arm was, it was like a, a bird with a broken wing. I couldn't even Oof. push it, push it without any weight. So the uh, short, what the short story is, I couldn't compete. The doctor, after he fixed the two, the emperor and the superspinatus so of the rotator, <laughs> and shaved the bone, uh, he said, you can't compete for about a year. So, of course, that was mind-blowing. So, I because, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to go up to 345 in body weight. Now, I might, you know, get my 800-plus squat and this and that. But yep. I and, said, the, and, the, and the big dead, the 800 dead, man. 800 dead and yeah and i said yeah. to marty i said this is, this is what the doctor said and marty without a blink of an yeah. eye yeah. marty says why don't you just lean out yeah. i'm like well 
that's the answer. And I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to lean out for 17 years? I've been eating and training to get stronger and to gain weight. So um, I thought, wow, I'm just going to wave a magic wand. Marty makes it sound so easy. Oh, why don't you just lean out, you know, change everything 180 degrees. Well, I did. I did with his help and Kirk's help diet. And that was a transformation. People want to know that. How'd you do that? I was going to the pizza joint. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese and he, <laughs> he threw the bag away away. Stop me to box up Pop Tarts to start the day. Yeah. So you changed so everything. That's around. Like, the way the whey protein was always there. It wasn't yeah. in milk, it was in water. Right, right. Yeah. And it was chicken breast, it was that kind of thing. Six meals a day. I started doing cardio. Yeah. And it was a mind blower. For somebody who for 17 years was eating to gain weight and get stronger to turn 180 and start seeing your body weight drop and your strength go down with it like a like a, a rock that yeah. you threw off an empire ceiling. But that's and below mental. You're, you're, you're seeing, but you're seeing muscles emerge that you didn't even know were there. Like you all of a sudden you have teardrops in your thighs and you know your pecs are cut. Yeah. And there's yeah, no, what happened? There's no fat in your armpit, and you're like, "Hey, look was look what was hidden underneath all that fat." You know what it was? I started seeing a vein in my bicep or my uh, forearm. Oh yeah, baby. And then people were commenting in the gym, mm. um, and that was it. And you know, I could see it, and it was coming on week after week after week. So you know, my my competition weight. I usually competed around as a super at 305. So when Marty, when Marty hooked me up mentally and, and with, um, you know, some help, I got down to 235 the first summer yeah. afterwards. So how many and that was the best I'd ever looked. And, about, yeah. about how many and I was squatting 650, Damn. you know, at 235 yeah. at a tall yeah. guy. You know, I was yeah. a tall guy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he looked like a, an Italian Omar Sharif. How much better <laughs> did you feel, though? You had to feel a lot better, and just you were able to breathe better um, and move around. It was, but you know, it didn't. I didn't really focus on that. It was. I felt better. Uh, just, be, uh, I don't know, physically better. I just didn't go into that, you know, with that mindset. I just knew I looked a lot better, yeah. and I was veiny. And the phone in my apartment that didn't ring nearly as much was ringing off the hook. <laughs> so, Girls? so basically, oh yeah. So basically, when you're three hundred three point, you know, you have a certain you have a certain girl that likes you, and then it's it's you know dead air after that. <laughs> well, when you're when you're you know you you drop this weight, all of a sudden they're coming around, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you look like the Italian Omar Sharif. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, uh, what's his name? uh, um, The Magnum P.I. of uh, of, uh, Maryland Athletic Club. These girls were coming around. But you had that. And that that was quite a time. Bobby drove around in this giant Cadillac. No way, really? the Cadillac? Yeah. Oh, you mean the... The white Cadillac brome. 
Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It was a white Cadillac 91 Brome. And I'll tell you a story about that. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Easy. easy. Was, easy years easy. later, I went out to these down in Baltimore. My Baltimore buddies, New, Bobby Newcomb, and a couple others, Jeff, yeah. Yeah, Billy. And we yeah. went out, and, and of course, we were, you know, ready that's, to go and hit the town. That, we're drinking. Bobby, that, that's. We were on Boston Street, Baltimore. And the train, the train gate came down and I just wasn't having it so I said we're not sitting here waiting for no train so I went through the gate broke through it in and the Cadillac it, it, it's a Cadillac it went right through but what happened was the, the, the wooden gate broke all up oh, but the cable was still attached to it oh no and I'll tell you what we did with that but when I went over the tracks and then started to back up again. The cars behind me that were waiting to go started scattering. They were <laughs> scattering. They were crazy. He's going to hit us, you know. Oh, that night, that night, the guy who was, I couldn't drive. The guy who, who took the, the steering wheel from me, he says, well, he's not really in any shape to drive, too, because we're on the Baltimore Beltway, and we get pulled over, and he gets taken to jail. Oh. And... Billy, who was in the passenger seat, the cop gave him the keys, said, here, you drive him home. And we were like, you're going to let him drive? He's in no better shape than, than the other one that went to jail. Yeah. So there's a lot more that happened in between that. But, um, you yeah, know, just that's the, the yeah, moral just stuff. That was just a night. Sure. It was a typical well, night on the town, wasn't it? Hopefully, there's no, you know, you've exceeded the statute of limitations. Patience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope so. So you got, so you, you dropped all that weight. Now, how did your training change? And how did, so Kirk was still, well, the training was, yeah, I mean, I was still doing the core lift, the squat bench and the dead. Right. Um, I still trained heavy in those lifts and I say heavy as heavy as I could go for maybe, you know, I would do, you know, I'd work my way up just like I was competing in a meet for a set of five. And right. I never, I, I might try a single from here, you know, time to time, but, um, but a, a lot more assistance and that was fast and that was higher rep stuff. Right. Right. You know, kind of like a circuit type of thing. Sure. Multiple sets, multiple reps and, but I still had the basics in there, the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. Right. You know, I mean, when well, I so tore my shoulder, I couldn't, I couldn't free weight squat. So I had my arm in a sling. So I got under the, the Smith machine and I'm doing like 405 with one arm holding onto the bar. Yeah. And when I would do one that, of the deadlifts. When you, when you got injured, what did Kirk do? Because you guys were still training together, right? Uh, Kirk, had, was yeah. kind of, Kirk was kind of retired at that point, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was kind of in a in a limbo state. Yeah, you know, we went we went from that gym to uh, um, the Laurel Boys and Girls Club a few years after, a couple years after that. But yeah, um, yeah, he was he was he was kind of coming and going with his training. There was no objective for him to come in week to week and hit crazy weights and all that. Yeah, no, he but, he, uh, he he retired at Matt. In fact, you were with me yeah. the night he retired. We tried to talk him out of it. Do you remember that, Bob? I remember that. 
Yes, I, I remember that very well. We're sitting there, we're looking at Kirk, and Kirk goes, I'm not doing it anymore. He'd won six straight world championships, seven straight national championships. He said, I can't stand it. I don't want to do it anymore. And we were like, okay, well, you know, uh, um, how about this? How about, Kirk, you don't wear any gear. Everybody else sure. wears Everybody else wears gear. So, Kirk, what could you squat with no gear? And I could, I, I'm asking him, saying, could you do 850? He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Raw. I said, okay, could you bench 500? And he goes, duh, right? And I said, could you deadlift? <laughs> and could you deadlift 750? And he's like, yeah, I could do yeah, that. And I said, I said, well, you're the winner. So, why don't yeah. you, why don't you, be the raw guy and beat all the geared guys. And he goes, eh, not so much. And I said, all right. Well, do you, do you remember what he did? Yeah, no, wait, so no, wait, no, that's, no, wait, no, wait. That's the punchline. No, wait, I've got one more. So then I said, <laughs> Kirk, I have one more idea. How about this? All right, <clears throat> this is radical. What if I said, all right, Kirk, if, if you couldn't train could you squat eight and a quarter he goes yeah i said could you bench press 470 475 yeah could you deadlift 735 yeah i said well guess what you're the winner at the, the world winner. you're the winner at the world so i said all right so, so, so here's the deal what if you become the first athlete in history that does not train and wins a world championship. <laughs> I remember that. And that's when he went, what, so I can do this? And he licks his finger and he makes like his a- forefinger. Yeah, his forefinger, and he makes like a one on a chalkboard. So I can do this again? No way. Another world championship. Yeah. Yep. Like, All right, that's it. And and that was it. I mean, there was no more discussion. He was done. But you what, know, at that, what, because what he really, like, well, at that time, the uh, IPF was blocked from having any competitions in the United States. So all the world championships were uh, held in in Europe, or in yeah. India, or in uh, Australia, or South America, and it was a real hassle to travel and lift. Yeah. If you're traveling to Australia, you know what I, you know how difficult it is to go all that way and, and lift really good, right? You know, you've been there. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, yeah, I won. Mar yep. Marty, how many how many years had that, that been that way that, uh, had that just started? No, man, uh, it, was, it was a result of a lawsuit of some sort between Right. It was going on for a number of years. Yeah, uh, okay. but it, lock, it locked the IPF out of the United States. And, and even so, twice a year, you had to win the nationals to go to the world, right? Well, I mean, that meant you had to go to whatever, Dayton this year, Houston next year, you know, wherever, New Orleans. We lifted in New Orleans one year, right, Bob? That was a good year. I liked that. Yeah. I liked oh, yeah. That. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of Philadelphia, right? Uh, Houston, Houston, Philly, Houston, Florida. Yep. We did Florida. Uh, so anyway, I, I mean, didn't do Florida. Yeah. So it was a, 
it, so twice a year you had to get on a jet and go somewhere, right? And after six straight years, seven straight years of international and national competition, Kirk said, you know what? <clears throat> you know, I got a lot of gold medals. I'm, this is just old. I'm, I'm tired. It's probably a good decision yeah. in hindsight. He could have won five more. I'm, I'm pretty convinced. But he, it would have been descending. He never would have hit that peak again. But, but he could have still beat the best in the world for quite, yeah. a few, quite a few more years. I don't think he would have been happy, though, because he exactly. was of the mindset, you know, yeah. heavier, heavier, heavier. Yeah, exactly. Wins one thing, but heavier, heavier is what he was about. Oh yeah, he was uh, he was a rock star. He was the biggest rock star in powerlifting ever, without a doubt. Yep. <laughs> so so what without what are you training doubt. like now? You say you train in your garage, Bob. What's your training like? Yeah, I train in my garage. I you know I try I, right now. I'm not deadlifting, but took off some took off a few weeks. Got a little burned out. So, but I squat. And um, I, I, what I do is I do every day I'll do something. Okay. Uh, I'll squat one day. I'll do maybe buys and tries on one day. I'll do back one day. I'll do chest one day. Right. And then, you know, whatever. Burn you know, it out. Camp but but burn, that's basically burn, what I Burn do. it out there, right, Bobby? Burn it out. Yeah. Yeah, burned out. So I took right. a few weeks off. And, you know, at 58, you take a few weeks off. It's like... Uh, you know, back in the day, taking two months off. Yeah. When you're yep. younger, <laughs> the stuff doesn't hang around. You know, you, you, you know, you lose it quicker. So. Right. Now, Bob, you're. I think you're one of those naturally strong guys, aren't you? So you're probably still lifting some pretty good weight. No, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't say that. I was an ectomorph. Yeah, Bob. I'm an ectomorph. Bob, Bob was. Bob yeah. was not built to power lift. Yeah. Mm -mm. That's why he he's, a, like that, he's a tall, he's a tall well, guy. He's a tall guy with long legs and he's well proportioned. And it's just for him, you know, to be, be like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, an outside linebacker in the NFL. What would his, you say? You know, his body type. What would you say your best uh, strength was like your grip strength? Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I was at, at the point I was doing well. I don't know about grip strength, other than Kirk used to get mad at me because you know with Kirk he's got the small hands, yeah. and um, you know my hands were good size and the strength was great. And I would pick up the 100, 100 gold plates or chips as we refer to them. Yeah. In each hand, and walk around the gym like it was nothing, and they didn't have a. Yeah, they didn't have a flange or a lip or anything on them, right? No, no, just a small indentation, but that's all I needed. Yeah, yeah that's all. And I would pick it up and walk around and say, hey, look at me, yeah. Kirk, and he would get yeah. good. Because there was one strength thing that he could not do, and that was it. Yeah. 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 He couldn't do it with – he couldn't do it with one with one. I bet that did piss Listen, him. man, what a testament to his deadlift uh, ability because – his hands are like as big as my son Max's, my eight-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dad left at eight hundred and twenty pounds in the gym, man. That is some crazy strength, man. And, uh, and, eight, and an eight and an eight hundred double. Tiny hands. Yeah, tiny. That's crazy. That's 
Yeah. Ah, ah, but you know, you know, you know what the secret was. Bob knows. Do it fast. Yeah, we had to do it fast. It's like when we figured, uh, Kirk, you can't struggle. You, you, you can't. If you struggle at all, you lose your grip. It's like we got to go from yep. bang from from floor yep. lockout. Bang, let's go. And you know what? Yep. That that suited him and his something about his nervous system, Bobby. Everything he did snapped right. Yeah, that's why he was a sprinter in school. Yeah, but I mean, he was a four three runner in high school, and um, he had the fast twitch going. You know. Yeah. He consciously always worked on the. He loved the the whole idea of uh, when I when I told him about uh, Fred Hatfield's compensatory acceleration. He latched onto that. He liked that. You know, the the loaded eccentric with the explosive concentric, right? <laughs> well, he yeah, would do that. Remember, remember, he, 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 yep. remember how we'd watch him warm up with one thirty-five, and it looked like he was oh. hand, handling a thousand. Oh, and the and the deadlift too. I mean, he was yes. like that in the deadlift. Yes, everything. <laughs> you know, everything. He, made, he took it out like it was the heaviest weight he had ever lifted. Yes, and it would just come. You know, one thirty-five would come flying up, obviously. Yeah. Like you would, you know, a split second, it was done. I, I was never, no, I never saw him grind a weight. Did we ever see him grind? Maybe, maybe you know, I don't know the, the second or third rep or something, but not not grind like we grind. No, <laughs> right? He, he, you know, he just the he closest just was, grind that he ever did was the second rep on his thousand. Yeah, right, right. I'd right, say that's right. that's you know that's about the most grind that he ever gave a weight. Yeah. That, but if you're going to grind a thousand, it's the second rep on a thousand that you want to grind out. I <laughs> know, I know, but that that hurt us two weeks later. I know it it, it did tear him up. Yep, could it not? It'll tear up the best of them. <laughs> you know what, I, Bob? And I point this out a lot. I actually think what I like better than the than the thousand for two is if you back up to his last raw week where he put the belt on and did 800 for five raw, everything yeah. below parallel, weighing about 269. He wasn't even at his biggest then, right? Yeah, that's like, right. Because it, it was in the beginning parts of his, you know, program. Exactly, he didn't even yeah. No, and this was like did the last. have a belt on? Yeah, he put yeah. that. First he did, uh, what did he do? Like like four to six weeks of no belt. And I, what did he work up to? 685 for eight or something, right? But he worked up to six. He did six forty-five for eight, and then with nothing, no belt, right. no wrap, no nothing, nothing. And then right. the following week, he did six fifty-five for seven, and he was pissed because he couldn't get eight. Right, and then he put the belt on, and he worked that for like five weeks, and he ended with eight hundred for five. And it's on video, and we have That's every amazing. rep. Was, and he's he's remember the. T-shirt he had that had the little skulls on it, the black shirt with the little oh, skulls. Yeah, the black <laughs> shirt with the white skull. <laughs> yeah. But now Bob would know this. I think Kirk told me he, like a week or two later, he actually did more than, he did like 8, 20 for five or something, but they didn't tape it. Is that right? Well, uh, you know, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Because so, at that point, you, that point now, that point you put uh, on the gear. Like 870 for three. Three, didn't he? After that, yeah, but you put then you're putting on the knee wraps and right, you're putting right. on the and the yeah, suit. Yeah. You put on the suit with the with the straps down. 
Yeah, the highlight was the 800 for five with the bell, oh, like Marty God. said. That well, was the thing oh, that stood They can't yep. match that to this day at that body weight. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody in the world. Nope. Sorry. No. Nope. What was was he 275 there or 245? No, he was like 275. He was, he was 269. Mm -hmm. He weighed 269. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, but getting back to the whole issue of training partners is that even for an average person, if you're able to find someone who can get on the same page as you in terms of mm -hmm. exercise, uh, resistance training, yeah, or, yeah. Car or cardio, yeah. right? If you find somebody who's <laughs> like, oh, let's do some cardio together, all right, cool. But uh, it, it ups your game, right? Yeah. If, you, if you have somebody watching you while you're doing a set, also, if you both do the same thing, it's important. It's not like, you know, you do your thing and they do their thing and, you know, they're, you know, you know, no, you do the same right. routine together and they watch you while you do it. You watch them while they do it and nobody's texting, no one's taking phone calls, no one's doing whatever, you know what I mean? It's constant. It's a monolithic thing. It's monolithic. There's, you're you're on this. Yeah. And there's also... And you raise the game. I mean, just by, I mean, you just improve. There's also an enhanced sense of accountability too, because of what you, what you just said, you're watching each other. You, you both are aware of each other's uh, goals and, and you know, what you're supposed to hit on that lift and, and that you're supposed to show up that day and all these uh, other things. So you're definitely yeah, more accountable. You're, you're less inclined to blow off a workout if you've right. got Kirk waiting for you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Uh, uh, back in the 2006, 2005, and years after and a few years before, I was training a bunch of guys. Um, I was like, I was the Marty role with this group. Right. They were young, early 20s, police officers from the county, one Baltimore City. And they, I had up to like 10 guys. And I would say if, you know, we would, everybody would be religious and coming and showing up and wrapping knees and spotting and doing your, your job. And if you can't make it, call one of us and let us know. That's one guy, one guy, it happened more than once, uh, just didn't show up. I found out later he had to go up to his mom, where his mom lived, she was sick or something, you know, so, but a phone call, you know, so he was no longer lifting with us after that. <laughs> right. You know, he, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a member of the team. He got all set and he wanted to throw down in the gym and all that stuff, but, uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. But he just didn't look at it, man. Common courtesy, part of it. Common courtesy. Yeah. Common courtesy. Now the, I could say it, but the guys, he's a great guy. He just didn't really give it a thought. Yeah. You know, just didn't give the thought. How close were you and Kirk as friends? I mean, because I know as, you know, myself and all of us having partners over the years, a lot of times you bond with those guys. There's a deeper bond than there is, you know, with most other humans because you're going through this thing together and this pain and psych and encouragement and accountability and all this stuff that you really don't experience with anybody else. So, um, you know. Well, you know, with us, 
with all, all of my training partners. Um, I, it wasn't just that, oh, I'm going to go meet so-and-so in the gym and we're going to live together. No, we're going out on weekends. I'm going to Marty's house. Yeah. We're watching the three days of the UFC. <laughs> yeah. um, right. And, and what know, were we, we, had, we, had, we had some really good steaks back then too, didn't we? Oh, my. Marty would take me down and he would take me to the, uh, what was that place on Rockville Pike? It was the, uh, it had all the meats. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, well. Oh, how about when A we Brazilian went to- barbecue. The, yeah, Brazilian barbecue. barbecue. Well, I, you took I, me to God knows I don't know how many times. Bobby, remember when we and, went to what, remember when we went to the UFC fight in Charlotte? That was ninety three. Yeah, something like that. I was yes, a, I do. I, I was a correspondent for Muscle and Fitness, and I talked them into getting me a press pass to go to the UFC and paying me. Nice. He's a correspondent to go to the UFC. And this, this is where Ken Shamrock was going to fight Hoist Gracie for the first time. Uh-huh. And yeah. I took Bobby and my, my son with me and we went down. And I was quite dissatisfied with the press seats they gave us. And we almost got in a fist mm-hmm. fight over that. You remember that, Bob? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. But well, after- you forgot. You forgot. Marty comes to my house, my apartment at 10 o'clock at night to pick me up so we could drive all night. So what, what he decides at the last minute, we're going to stop at a, at a motel on the road halfway through, right. get a couple hours. Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm still, you know, I'm a big guy and I need time to wake up. <laughs> well, no. Marty wakes up, throws his clothes on and starts the car up and says, Come on, we're leaving. And it was like, oh my God, I can't even move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, the wheels were screaming as I was trying to catch up to the car. You know, um, out the door we went, and then we arrived early, early in the morning uh, um, in time to see the press conference, right, Marty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Oleg Taktarov walking around, who else? Dan Severin. Who was the guy yeah. from the guy from? The guy from Canada he said, "You get? Are you are you entered?" I said, "No, nah, I don't do this." <laughs> now, Bob, Bob, when you would travel, where did you put the uh, big bag of whey? Is oh, there room no, for that? that? You would take no, no. Nah, I, I didn't no, get it. I just, I just ate heavily wherever oh, we were. We, yeah. we ate, we ate great when we were on the road, right, Bobby? We'd always find the best, whatever, <laughs> the best steakhouse, the best diner. Trust me, we ate good. I tell you what, at the same hotel that we were staying at, the Eagles were staying at. We yeah, drank, remember we, that? Yeah. yeah, we drank with the Eagles in the bar. The band or the yep. football team? The band. Nice. The band. No the way. Band, yep. And Joe Walsh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of them. Joe Walsh. Was, you know, the, yeah, the, we were, yeah, they were all drinking in the bar. We were How about the bar. that? We were drinking in the bar. And then we went to the UFC fight. And then... Shamrock laid on top of Gracie for what an hour? Fifteen minutes. It was a fifteen-minute fight, and then, and no one refused. They refused to make a move. It was the most boring fight in history. But after the fight, I got to interview the father, Helio Gracie, and Ohorian Gracie was. He said, "You are my friend. I like you." And I said, "You come to LA, and we shall break bread." And I said, <laughs> <laughs> always, regretted, always regretted that he didn't follow up on that, you know. 
and I, we interviewed the, the father and it was a great interview for Muscle and Fitness. They really liked it. So, okay. but yeah. That, well, you were, cool. you were in the pioneering stage of the UFC involved heavily. And, yeah. um, you know, hey, who, who in the world gets lucky enough to get tickets to go to the Octagon when it's brand new? It's the third, I think it was UFC 3. <laughs> I still have the program for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. so uh, we saw it some, was we awesome. We saw some bad guys. Oleg Taktarov was awesome. Mm. He, was he got incredible. beat up, but he won, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He always got beat up, but you couldn't you, you can't knock me down, Ray. I mean, he was, yeah. he was incredible. <laughs> he and Tank Abbott had like a 28-minute fight. One yes. Yes. Those are the, like the two hardest heads in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Hey, uh, <laughs> let me ask Bob something else because I got a uh, a question I want to ask him because I've heard some stories. I believe Kurt told me one of these stories, but I just want to see what Bob says. So, were there as lifting partners? Did any of you guys have like uh, pre lift rituals that you you would go through? Like, I know it sounds weird, but like. Uh, superstitions or, or some rituals or something. Cause I'll tell you why I asked because Kirk told me, or somebody told me that Kirk was off one time before uh, he was going to do, he was going to squat or something. And somebody found him. He was in this dark room all by himself and had like a hundred pound plate in his lap and was like caressing the plate, talking yeah. to the plate. Yeah. Marty yeah. can tell you about that. Yeah, it wasn't that, at his house. It was at that, somewhere. That was, it was at the gym. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. That was me. That was me. Yeah. Right. I, I wrote that. Mm -hmm. I don't that know was, if that was a ritual, but it was a situation no, anyway. Would you like me to tell you what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so, uh, Bobby, this is not. You remember when the original chalets stopped over and, top of the. Yep. Yeah, and that was over top of the auto parts store. That was auto store. Yep, that was beautiful. That was my favorite gym. And then they moved to another location. It was sort of dark and dank, and I do remember ill lit. And so you go in there, a totally different vibe. And at the time, I had moved to Connecticut. I was up in Milford, Connecticut, with Ken. Yeah, with Kenny Fantano training, but I came back and uh, I came into Mark's new gym and Mark was at the desk and he, he looked at me and he goes, you've got to go back and talk to your boy. He said, he's acting so weird. He said, I don't know what to make of it. He said, you got to go back and talk to your boy. <laughs> and he points and it's like some sort of darkened darkened Halloween house, right? It's all dark. You can't see it. But you walk back and Kirk is sitting on a folding chair. He has a hundred pound plate sitting in his lap and he's stroking it with both hands while he's listening to music. <laughs> and, I, and he's rocking back and forth and he's stroking the plate in time to the music back and forth, back and forth. And I just stood there and I looked. I didn't want to interrupt him. Obviously he was into his thing, you know, but it was like, Oh, he's um, he's like channeling some voodoo, some sort of voodoo shit, right? That's what. And, and he, he and he got up and he got up from that and he had a great and he had a he had a great squat session. 
Yeah, like like uh, mm-hmm. like Jim said, that's what it takes to be a true champion, right? You got to be different. Well, what it wasn't be different. It was he was different, and it was him. But the thing was, he was stroking the plate as you would stroke your pet chicken when you know you're going to be cooking it that night. And that's what a great exactly analogy, what man. Was, what a great analogy. Uh, he was feeling sorrow for that plate because he was going to smash it. You know, yeah, and did. it was a thousand pound night. That was a thousand pound night that he, that he did over at oh. oh, okay. Yeah. So that wasn't a so, weekly thing. That was just a, hey, I'm about to do a thousand no, pounds. I'm at the top of my game and I yeah. feel sorry for you, Chicken. You're looking awfully good. <laughs> yeah, he didn't yeah, want to get rented. Yeah, that's great. Oh, all right. <laughs> let me ask you, Bob. Now, uh, back when both you guys were still hammering the food, what what was the Whopper competition? Was it the Oh, Whopper? it was the um the big oh, bre- uh the breakfast uh, at uh, Danny's. What was that Danny's, called? Uh, the, the big uh, breakfast. Uh, it was after we go out at the clubs at night. Uh, uh, no, no, no. But you go to the fast food restaurant and get burgers. What was the burger that you guys both liked? And you had the competition going, or who could eat the most burger? It was probably uh, that was the um, it was Burger King or Wendy's. I can't remember. Okay, what right, was. right. Oh, because that Burger King, he had the. Uh, Kirk had the crown. He had the Whopper. I know over at uh, Whopper, okay. whatever the Whopper was. He was a Whopper eater, and he was a double cheese. He was a double cheese. He would get the two for two, and and do that like three times. So you get two double cheeseburgers, and he get like three orders of it. Okay, and you threw, you threw down on him. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't really eat as much as him. Uh, at a point because I had my metabolism slowed down to a point where I had so much food in me all the time. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. eat more. You, more more you yeah. weren't hungry, man. You just weren't hungry. <laughs> no, exactly. Jim, Jim, you're right. I always had food in me, so I couldn't, it wasn't like I had an empty stomach ever. Yeah. You were all clogged. Even in the middle of the you, night. You were yeah. all clogged up. Yeah, clogged up. That's the way. Yeah, and rotor root, right? What what was the Grand exactly. Slam thing that, that you guys did, though? Oh, he said, I can eat two to every one you eat. I said, oh. I got this. <laughs> I got this. You're talking really big now. So he ate one. I ate one. Oh, he ate two. I ate one. He ate two more, and he's starting to sweat. I ate one. <laughs> and I said, you want to keep going? He said, well, in his colorful metaphors and he said yeah so he had his fifth one i had my third one and he couldn't quite get his sixth one down and i said i'm the victim so 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 what was the atmosphere in the denny's what what was the atmosphere in the denny's did you guys have like a crowd around you there was the was the waitress morning and you have all these drunk drunk people coming from the clubs they didn't pay any attention but there's another there's another story that they were paying attention because there were sausage patties flying across the Denny's. I was with a bunch of my, my Baltimore boys and Kirk was with us. And there was a, there was a guy and he had two girls with him and the girls were, you, you knew they were working girls from one of the clubs, right? Nah. Nice. Yeah. So it was Denny's. It was two and two thirty in the morning. So the girl came over and sat between me and my buddy, Billy. And Billy was nobody to mess with. Um, 
And she's, you know, I guess you would call her occupation dancer, but it's stripper. Exactly. And so, so she came over and sweet talking him and she, she says, Oh, that looks good. And she picks up his fork and he slams his hand down on her hand. I says, uh, he didn't want any stinking girls like that touching his food. So she got all mad. She got up off out of the table, started yelling and the place is packed. And she was across the way yelling and her friends were all upset. So I just picked up one of the sausage patties and flung it across. It went over a table of like 10 people to their table, hit them. And then they started mouthing off. And after that, it was okay. They backed back down and they left because there was no, there was no way that they were going to, you know, intimidate us. I mean, I had Newcomb, uh, Billy, um, Kirk, uh, Big Joe, and, and then the list goes on. I mean, we had probably 10 people with us, 10 guys oh, with us, sure. and the average body weight was probably 280. You know, wow. so, Big boy. Uh, and there was a lot more that happened that night, but I won't get into that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you know, you know how hard it is to run up a thousand dollar bill at Denny's. <laughs> Not for those guys. It was ugly. It was ugly. We were we were we were looking in the car. We were looking in between the car seats and under the car for change. You know, it was ugly. <laughs> thank God. They, if, uh, thank God they didn't serve liquor. Hey, hey Marty, Marty, we were, we were liquored up already. All right, I wonder if uh, yeah. really? Dorian Yates and uh, Leroy Davis have crazy stories like this. No, because they have to be pure. Remember that time we ate a bunch of rice? Remember that? Yeah. That's what their stories are like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, or, or they ruin themselves. Power lifters are not the same. No. Your training partner, you don't just go into the gym and train together and leave and that's it we yeah. were mentally and we were great friends and still are and yeah. with all my training partners you do things on the weekends you go you know you talk on the phone you talk lifting you talk mostly lifting but you talk other things and 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 you know it's a friendship and well, uh it's, it's not it's, just going into the gym and lifting with them yeah. yeah and it's all these years later and, and me and bob and kirk are still in touch Right. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I drove him to the hospital a few years ago when he had his uh, what do you have his shoulder done with it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or his knee oh, or something. His shoulder, I think. I didn't know. Whatever's yeah. the latest. He got both of them done. Yeah. Well, yep. So that's... you know, we still. Yeah. He's 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 always he's a busy guy. He's got a full time yeah, yeah. job and a social life you know and a new serious love interest which you guys all thing, need right? to get together one night have a couple of beers and throw down on some old stories like this or get together yeah. and listen to this podcast jp that's not the way it works there's no having a few beers and we get together with Kurt. <laughs> yeah that's what i heard i'm coming i'm coming a thirty pack on a night on the weekend was was not unheard of for him. That was commonplace. He was just extreme on every single thing he did, right? That, that's correct. Yeah. That's, yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. His, that's his personality. That's my personality. Yeah. Go big or go home. If you're gonna 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if that's not big enough, go bigger. Yes. There are no limits, though, no ceilings here. Right. You know. And, you know, it's funny. People don't get it, man. They'll be like, oh, coach, I can't gain weight and I really eat. I'm like, that's not eating. No, that's yeah. not eating. No. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about a gallon of milk. You know, the, Bob Myers. The, yeah, you, mentioned, the, you mentioned the protein, you know, bringing protein powder. That's stuff that other guys did, you know, to make their shakes and all that. We, as Marty said, we ate good and we yeah. ate a lot. Yeah. You know, unless Marty was, a, was, tra- was in the master's training, you know, as a 198-er. That's different. But Marty was, was only there for a short bit of time. And most of his time was spent in the 240 range and, oh, and above. Bobby, in one six-year period, I won a national master's title at 198, 220, and 242. I remember that. Cool. I huh? remember that. And you were lean at 198, brother. You were still I, deadlifting. I, I, I pulled I pulled uh, 644 at the national. Okay. <clears throat> yep. And wow, uh, I was I one tall skinny boy. <laughs> you were fluctuating 50 pounds in that period of time right. and less. Yep. Up and down, you know, three and three. So yep. uh, that was a hell of a complication. Well, it was just part of the our lab ongoing lab experiment, right? And that's what you, that's exactly what you did with me, but you made it sound like all you got to do is do it. Just do it. And you well, know, for, <laughs> well, you just did it. And, and you have, and, and you have. Yeah, I have many times over. I mean, after my first year of weight loss, the next year, the next winter, I went back up to 290. Yeah. And then the following spring, I was back down to 235. Mm. And then for, Ten years after that, I do the same thing, but I gain less right. and I lose more right. in the springs. And then I got to a point, Jim, you know, you get to a point at a certain age, you're like, why am I even worrying about this? Right. Yeah. No, one, no, no one's watching. Yeah. That's right. No. no. Nobody's banging on my door anymore. I'm married and yeah. I'm settled in. I'm eight years old, so... And no one cares if you're benching 225 or 295. Yeah. You know, I'm 35. Or, yeah, or, or, or 185 or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, you're right. a, Ricky Dale Crane once told me, he said, oh, he said, we have to uh, uh, climatize ourselves to the fact that now we're deadlifting what we used to bench press. Mm-hmm. Totally right. Yeah, but I think it's, it's just like the it. fact that you're still training, you know, that's the uh, iron addiction that we all well, have. We're still we're still trying to be 102% of whatever we're, yeah. wherever we're at. And it never right. leaves you, man. It never leaves you. No. Yeah, it never well, leaves like you guys like us. It never leaves us. And you get to a certain age and uh the new five the, the new fives are triples. Yes. Isn't that how you said it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, three's the new five. No, five's the new, the, the, three is the new yeah, five. five. Yeah. 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 Three's the new five. Three's the new five. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the biggest thing at this Maybe. point is just staying healthy and being, being able to get up and move around, right? Uh, we don't care about that. <laughs> no, we don't care about the health. We don't care about, about, about it. We don't yeah, we don't think it's, like uh, that. I, you we, know, there's certain we, things we I take, need to do. We take, we, take that, we take that for granted. 
seriously. Bobby, you've never had any debilitating issues, right? No, uh, the major thing I had. I mean, your shoulder, shoulder, right, your shoulder, but I mean, in terms of your spinal column, your back. A little, little lower, you know, lower back once in a while will flare up, you know, but nothing that keeps me from doing anything. Nothing that required surgery. No, we, we, you know, we're used to it, so we just function. I think it strengthens us, makes us, you know, I think it, 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 it makes us more resilient, injury, yeah, resistant. Oh, no question about that. Well, yeah. Marty, Marty, you said a few weeks ago it's made your back bulletproof. I mean, you're in your 70s and squatted, you know, close to yeah, 900 I'm, pounds. I'm, and... I'm 70, singular. No, I didn't squat <laughs> close to 900. I squatted 840. Yeah. Well, and 840, but going no back the issues. Record. No, man. No, no world records. No, you know, if you're a low, if you squat with your lower back constantly and you're a bent, bent over deadlift, you're almost stiff leg in it, you're going to have yeah. some issues with this and, and yeah. maybe sometimes worse. Yeah, because you know, you're turning your spinal column into a fishing rod. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And like you've always said, you know, we use our legs in the squat. Boom. We use our legs in the deadlift. Yep. Boom. You know, things like that, which was always much gotta, harder for me. Well, because you're so tall, you're built wrong for, I mean, you're, you're, you're tall, yep. tall and lean, and it's hard for you to get the leverage. Kirk was, yep. was, has the right skeletal framework for lifting massive weights for short distances. Yep. Yep. Your, your rep strokes are wow. I mean, it's like an, watching an elevator go up a skyscraper. Long way to go. Long way to go. Yeah. In squat, bench, dead, overhead press, whatever it is, because you're just, you're just long and it just takes more time because you have more distance to travel, literally. Much more. And so I had to back on the body weight to make up the leverages that I didn't have naturally. And um, while that helped a lot, I still had to go further. Oh, yeah. And that's why I was 340, 350 in body weight. And I always planned to stop competing at 40 because I didn't want to be a big, heavy guy right. after yeah. that. That kills over uh, at 53. My injury, my injury made that decision for me. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at, well, your, at your height, Bobby, you would have probably, I mean, now the, the strongman competitors at 6'3", they're weighing 400, mm. right? To maximize mm. the lever- that their leverages at that height. Yeah. So, yeah. It's amazing. It really uh, is. I mean, I remember weighing in with uh, J- James Henderson. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, yeah. you, weigh in on, you weigh in with a doctor's scale. The doctor's scale goes up to 350. Well, when he stepped on it, it pegged. It went pink. <laughs> 350. <laughs> Basically, when they figured it out all out and they weighed him properly, he was 400 pounds. He's a big man. And he benched the 700 raw, you know. And I'm getting in, I go in there after him and I'm like 305. And I said, damn, I got to gain a lot of weight. Yeah. Because you and him are the same, you and him are the same height. Yeah. And and I'm thinking 305. More You know, Phil Heil or somebody, a 114er at that point. I'll tell you the first time. The guy time, weighed twenty five percent. He weighed twenty five percent more than I did. Yeah. Come first on. time. 
the first time I walked backstage at the senior nationals with, I was with Mark Chalet. And the first time I went back there, I'm looking around and I'm 5'10 and all the super heavyweights are my height. <laughs> right. That's and 275 I, and a half over. Shit, yeah. And I'm competing at 220 and I'm looking like a basketball player. <laughs> right. And it's like, and, and free like safety. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no, this is not, this is not good for me to maximize my leverage. I'd at least have to wait 275, 280. Even then, I'm not going to scare anybody. Not in this, not in this league. <clears throat> not when you've got guys like, like Karwaski and Joe Ladnier walking around. I don't, you know. Chile. Chile was 285. Chile oh, was a stud, buddy. He was scary. <laughs> that Chalet was the one of the first local big time lifters that Newcomb had told me about because he Newcomb adored him. Well, because and well, he should have. Yeah. Because of the way he was built and the the crazy strength that he had. Yep. Um, and he had a crazy look about him: wide shoulders, <laughs> long arms, um, just thick all over, though. Good-looking guy with crazy mm -hmm. eyes. Crazy eyes. Crazy eyes. And he said, see that guy over there? And he was telling me about him, and I I just couldn't believe it. You know, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. Uh, and then Mark was, I mean, he would come through, man. I mean, he just, like, he'd pull the world. I mean, you know, he'd whatever everybody else finished up with, he'd take 100 pounds more to start with. And he finished up with an 881, didn't he? Oh, I saw him the day he did it in the gym. He pulled 880. I was like, yeah, okay. I yep. loaded it. I loaded it. And I took photos yeah. of it. And, and he was light. He was only, I don't know, in the 260s. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't like 285. But that kind, right. of peak, that kind of peaked for him. But his squat went up. I think because his squat went up, I think it kind of maybe stymied his deadlift. His really? Squat, his squat went from like eight, I'd say eight fifty, to like a thousand. Mm. And in that same time period, his deadlift kind of stagnated at between eight sixty and eight eighty, with kind of more in the eight. Well, how about range. the story of how about the story of Hector? George, Hector weighed in at three, George. Oh, God. He was three sixty five yep. or whatever at the Potomac and he Open. Deadlifted at the Potomac Open. Yeah, and he deadlifted like eight forty-two or eight eight forty-five. Yep. He dropped down to two forty-five, yep. and he deadlifted eight thirty-two. Eight? No, he pulled eight fifty. He pulled oh, more. Did he pull he, he, yeah, he pulled more as a forty-two than he did as a super. Well, it was amazing that guy. Uh, I mean, he was another and he, crazy. And he, and he, lo he looked like Hercules at two forty-two. He was incredible. He did. We saw him at the Mason Dixon Open at 242, and Newcomb says to me, he says, Good God, this guy looks like Hector. He goes, It is George. I couldn't believe it. We were just shocked. I mean, the guy weighed three, 360 something, and yep. he's down to 242 looking like a god. He looked like, it was amazing. He looked like Omar Sharif. Yeah. Well, the cover of the Powerlifting USA uh, magazine story 
uh, the heading was the amazing transformation of George Hector. Oh. And it was true. It was an amazing 130 some pounds. I wrote that. Yeah. You wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at we have a lot more in common than we thought. I just George, didn't remember that you wrote that. I handled George at the APF Nationals and the Worlds. I, I was George's competition coach when he lifted in the APF. Damn. Well, didn't you, didn't you coach him at the Potomac Open, too? Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, that's when he squatted 950, uh, benched 600, and then deadlifted 850 to total 20. What you talk, was that 2,400? I think he was the, like mm. the fifth guy in history to total 2,400. Mm. Yeah, he was great. He's I remember great, Nuke, great lifter. Great, great lifter. Newcomb said, George, are you, are you going to 1,000 in yep. this block? And George said, no, I'm going to save it till, for yep. the next meet. Well, for, for got, the yep. he dropped the body weight. Yep. yep, he never did it. Well, he went to the Worlds in Africa. The Worlds were in South he he won the nationals. Then uh, he went to South Africa, and after that, he had to retire. I think he had phlebitis. He got um, circulatory blood poisoning. blood blood yeah. clot blood clot problems. I think so. That's what kind of precipitated the weight loss. But man, he was he was incredible lifter at two forty two. Squatted. We went up against Willie Bell. We lost. Uh, but barely, and I think George squatted, and this is at 242. I'm thinking like 870. Benched. Close to that, I think. But no, I was there, buddy. I was his coach. I'm telling you, that's what he did. He did 873. Who's talking? That you, buddy? Mm. He did 873. Yeah, it was 873. It was a kilo meat. He benched 551 mm. raw. And then pulled. I remember that. Yep. And he pulled eight eight forty three, and we lost <laughs> to Willie Bell. Yes. Another great, uh, great powerless. Oh my god! Tough to be. Tough to be. I know. I know. All right, JP. What do you think? We got enough, buddy? Yeah, man. We're going on two hours. This is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate. That's great, Bob. Good Bob stuff, really man. coming on. This is great stuff. It was fun. It was. Just like Marty said, we're talking on the phone, you know? Yeah, yeah just do. like a bunch of pals talking around the uh, bonfire, telling old stories and stuff, you know? Um, by yeah. the way, this the the article that Marty wrote that kind of inspired this podcast and conversation, um, the article is up on Iron Company. It's called Training Partners, and there's a big picture there of uh, Mr. Karwaski and Mr. Myers right at the top. So, uh, And I don't know what year that was, probably mid-90s. Looked about to be probably in Kirk's peak, 95. wouldn't you say? Yeah. 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 95. So uh, that article is on there. And then uh, you can also check out uh, Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at Iron Company. Bob, was there anything? Oh, I don't think you have wait any. Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Yeah. Bobby, what are, what, what's my. Um... Your Instagram? Yes. What is that? It's the, 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 the Marty one. Gallagher. You got like three of them. That's I'm not on there. that. My wife is, but I'm not on that. I'll look you up, Marty. Thank you. Jim, are you on? Are you on Instagram, Jim? Yeah, JM Steel 74. Yeah. Okay. I'll look you up too. If I can't find, if I can't remember, can I go with Kirk and get under Kirk's and find your yes. name there? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Fi- find it on there. Is, is there any address you want to give out? You you got to... no. I, I'm on Facebook, but that's normal. If my name is Robert Myers on their Facebook, but it's no big deal. Okay. Uh, most Bobby. of my stuff on Facebook is dog related. What kind of dog? Yeah, you, you do. Love yeah, that. Jim. The, Jim Bob is a dog trainer. No way. Nah, nah. We got to save it for another show. <laughs> All right. Part uh-huh. two. Or two. Uh, real, quick, yeah. real, real quick, Bob. Tell him, tell, tell him, tell Jim what you do. I have two Vizslas that. Um, you know what Vizslas are? Yeah, sure. Okay, Hungarian pointers. They're they're yeah. hunting dogs, and yeah. um, I had there's the one was six years old. She's going to be nine. The other was three and a half. He's going to be he's six and a half. Anyway, they. Um, I started to train them to compete for AKC American Kennel Club hunt test titles. No way. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's three levels, junior, senior, master, and they're both senior hunters and training for master. Wow. They're right there. And um, there's a lot, you know, you have to get birds, you have to get quail, chucker, yeah, yeah. train. I have some homing pigeons in my backyard that I use to train them with. And yeah, so. Uh, that is awesome, man. You know, I, I have hunting yeah. trees. I have labradors. I train my labs. Oh my god! Do you use them for? Do you go duck hunting or anything? Yeah, my backyard. I got. I'm right on the river here. We got geese <laughs> and ducks, and I've been doing it since. Really? I've had labs since uh, 1990 to hunt and uh, yeah, quail, pheasant, all that stuff, man. Yeah. Oh wow! I never knew that. Yeah. So my buddy, uh, where I goose hunts, 52 acres in Rising Sun. And uh, that's New what he Jersey. does for a living. New that's Jersey. This is Jersey. No, no, Maryland. Rising Sun, Maryland. Oh, well, you live in New Jersey. Yeah, I live right near the bridge, right near the Delaware Bridge. And uh, so that's how I learned how to do it. We started, he started training me to train the dogs. And he'd give me a sign. Really? Yeah, man. It's great stuff. So, yeah, he's got Dude, a bunch give me of your, master hunters. Mm-hmm. Give, me your, give me your, yeah, and a retriever master hunter is tougher than a pointer. Is that right? You got to pass a lot of passing, yeah. man, to get it, you know? Tell yeah, them. in the, in the pointing, pointing breed, it's five passes. I'm not sure about retrieving dogs. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, uh, what, what's your cell phone number, Jim? <laughs> you off the air. <laughs> huh? I, I knew you were going to ask that, man. I knew it. You, I mean, you can give it out if you want. I That's mean, okay. I'll give it to you off the air, Bob. <laughs> okay, I didn't know we were still. Okay, very good. Yeah, no problem. That's All right. Great story. Uh, yep. <laughs> don't, don't hang up after we no, sign no, off. Yeah. No, don't. All right, yeah. All right, here we go. Sign us off, JP. All right. And uh, if anybody needs gym equipment, gym flooring, go to ironcompany.com. We've got pretty much everything you need, new stuff coming in all the time. Uh, check out new Jim Steel articles. They can be found at Iron Company under the articles section uh what do you got coming up next jim we got something I new i wrote one about uh being in the gym some guy looking at his phone but it may be a little too uh risque for all right so we'll, we'll we'll have something up by uh jim pretty soon yeah and uh finally if you're seeking a radical physical transformation uh both of these guys jim Steele and marty gallagher are available for online coaching to get a hold of them, you can uh, email marty at ironcompany.com or jim at ironcompany.com. 
and uh, and they'll take care of you. You want to uh, gain weight, you want to get a lot stronger, pack on some muscle, they're your guys. So that basically wraps it up. Um, Bob, do you want to take us out with like, uh, you know, our mothers need snow tires or something? Do you want to boom something <laughs> out at us? Uh, no, I just I just wanted to thank you, Marty and uh, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it was, man, uh, it was a Thank you. You got yeah. it, man. We appreciate it, right. Bob. Thank, thank you, Bob. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye.